Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. How's it going, Grump? Uh, roles are reversed today. I'm actually, for once, sitting in my apartment in New York City, and you are on the road this week. Yeah, not quite on the road yet. I'm, I'm, I'm outside the highway. I'm, I'm in the airport right now, so if you can hear that in the background, that's in a speaker at EWR. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Grump's on his way to Denver for this uh, highly anticipated battle of uh, <laughs> the gladiators I, versus the Christians. I don't know, the, the lions and the Christians? I don't know how we describe this one. This one, I, I think, is the Giants versus themselves and who can shoot themselves in the foot faster. <laughs> so what is the latest installment of this uh, never-ending soap opera, Grump? What do we want to talk about today? Well, I mean, what we talked about last time, there were a couple things that changed almost immediately. We talked about how the rest of the season would be, you know, something for some people and not something for other people, depending on their status with the team, depending on their, their time as, a, as an NFL player, etc. And I used Brandon Marshall as an example, as a guy who had is signed through next year but with no guaranteed money. This was his opportunity to use the rest of the year to prove that he's worth another year with the Giants. He opted for season-ending surgery. Immediately, and when I say immediately, I mean he announced it on Instagram as I was editing the episode. So um, his season with the Giants is done. I mean, I can't use, you know, I, I don't want to say that he opted for something, you know, against this contract, uh, you know. When it comes to an injury, I don't know the extent of it. I don't think anyone really knows the extent of it. They haven't really released a whole lot of information about it. But um, no, Nobody wants to go to surgery if they don't have to. I mean, I have to go to the dentist yeah. tomorrow morning for a tooth, and I'd rather not. So um, to say, you know, I wouldn't say it all for one thing. Oh, he's bailing just because he wants the money because surgery is not good. And that's, you know, pretty serious stuff and the rehab involved with it and everything. So, you know, it, it's just – it was bad luck, bad luck on our part and bad luck on his part because if he, you know, was successful, you know, it could have parlayed into maybe another contract down the road somewhere. Now he's in, in an yeah. aging guy coming off of uh, year-ending IR, and, you know, that probably hurts his market value. I'm sure there's going to be a team that will kick the tires on him next year or at least, you know, give him a tryout and see what he's worth. But, I mean, this is almost certainly the end of his time as a giant, which I'm sure is not what he wanted. I, I know it's not what he wanted, obviously. This guy wanted a playoff run on a team that on paper looked like they could do it. And unfortunately, it just didn't unfold for him that way. So uh, this might you know, be the end of his career, if certainly the tail end of it, if not the very end. Once a um, giant, always a giant. So. <laughs> I will always remember him for his time as a giant. Oh, that um, three pass that went through his hands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that time he almost caught it and instead hurt his ankle. Priceless memories. Um, the other thing that we touched on was, you know, the fate of Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. Um, that is going to be in flux as the year went on. Is definitely something I said, but my gut feeling was that they would both stay. That's starting to shift a little bit for me in the wake of um, a DRC suspension, indefinite suspension. I don't know. if Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I the one thing that it, I also thought that, you know, I thought Reese would stay for sure, and I thought Mac, um, McAdoo as well, because mainly of the ownership and the fact we have not fired a GM since the mid-'70s. 
And, you know, that's just not the, the mayor's style of making changes unless they are absolutely sure because they know that it requires, you know, rocking the boat like that is a major deal. So I had a, I had a hunch that they were both going to last, but, you know, now you're starting to see, you know, the veterans grumbling and, you know, we don't know what actually went on with the DRC incident, but these are not things that bode well for showing that McAdoo has a handle on what's going on. And, you know, crowds, the crowd is noise. You know, the fans are noise. It doesn't really matter that much. It's do the mayors think that he's un- in control of this team? You know, and that's what's going to decide it. And, you know, the, the, the more things spiral out of control, you know, the, the more the, the supporting evidence is there to get rid of him. So. I also don't. I, yeah, also don't I think, think that, they'll. I also don't think they'll do things in a bubble. I don't think it's just, well, we'll get rid of McAdoo and we'll come up with another plan. I mean, I think if, uh, you know, they make some overtures to someone an established name, and you know, the the, the usual suspects are going to come out. The, the you know, the uh, the Cowers and the Grudens, and you know, maybe you know, who is that flavor of the month uh, coordinator that's going to become available in October, November. Um, I just don't see them making a move where they're just going to fire him and then start a coaching search for scratch. That's not the that's not the uh, that's not the Giants. Yeah, I think the one thing that the that you can definitely say is the Mara's way is that they don't want chaos. Um, and right now it looks pretty chaotic. Um, but there's a couple things to keep in mind here. So um, to elaborate on what exactly happened with DRC, we don't know exactly, but we do have some idea. Um, it actually started before Sunday. It started with a the planned workout or whatever, the, the, the recovery day where they have a, a light workout on Friday where there was some sort of problem there where, you know, perhaps he left the practice early or something like that. And then on Sunday, he left the game a little bit early, um, as did Janoris Jenkins. Uh, and then when uh, Dominic rogers Camardi went to practice he was summoned in for a meeting had a talk with ben mcadoo and then he was suspended indefinitely so i mean there's a couple things in play there you know why why dominic rogers camardi and why not janoris jenkins i mean i think the answer is pretty obvious i think it came down to when they had a talk with the coach you know maybe janoris jenkins gave a better answer than rogers camardi my my feeling is that janoris jenkins was very forthcoming and said you know i i really thought the game was over i didn't expect a timeout to be called i should have stayed and waited that's on me I apologize. Whereas, you know, Dominique Rogers Cromartie may very well have said something like, you know, to the contrary or very negative or it didn't sound like he was being a team player or that he didn't own up to his mistake. You know, these are things that lead to discipline. I don't think necessarily that, you know, you screwed up and I'm, I'm not going to cut you any slack because you're not Odell Beckham, which is sort of the, uh, the underlying theme among critics that I'm seeing right now is that, Ben McAdoo is giving different levels of punishment to different players. And I'm not going to completely disagree with that. I am saying that there are definitely other factors at play here that nobody knows about because these are closed-door meetings. Yeah, um, I, I think you just hit right on it, and I think that's the one – the one comedy made, I think it was last year, was I am very consistent that I treat everybody differently. And I think this yeah. might be one of those examples where, you know, I don't know if it's just because of the star system because Odell Beckham Jr., you know – Pisses in the end zone and he doesn't do anything on the saw lines or anything. And, you know, the perception is that, you know, Janoris Jenkins and DRC two do, do, do different things and there's different punishment being, you know, levied. Again, perception, but still, for a, right. a new coach who is not respected in this league and doesn't have that pedigree and doesn't have that coin built up, 
it looks bad. It looks like chaos, you know, and, you know, these are not things that are going to help his case. Yeah, um, you, you can't really disagree with any of that. But, I mean, but again, like as, when, it, when it comes to things like Odell Beckham pissing in the end zone, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm not necessarily agreeing with anything I'm saying. But when it comes to things like Beckham peeing in the end zone, the understanding is that it's strictly that thing on the field. Whereas with DRC, this had, like I said, stemmed back to a Friday practice, continued through Sunday, and then ended with a meeting on Monday. So, you know, there, there's probably more at play here. There there's, seems to be a level of gripe among the players, but specifically the secondary, which I find interesting, um, mainly because I'm not sure that the gripe is pointed at the head coach. I'm wondering if it's one of the assistants or maybe Steve Spagnuolo. You know, Steve Spagnuolo is a guy who is a defensive coordinator, he, you know, tends to run a very blitz-heavy defense, but people forget that he's mainly a secondary coach. Um, and one of the big things that happened in 2007 with the defense when they started 0-2 and, and the defense couldn't stop, you know, a ball rolling down the hill, uh, was Michael Strahan came out and said, we, we've got to simplify this. This has to be easier. The communication is too difficult. We're getting confused. And, you know, there was a player's approach to the coach where, a deal was worked out with what worked out best, and you know there was a marked difference in how the defense had played, and that, that defense was was pretty pretty good. Okay, so, um, so what happened from last year to this year? How come four games after a defense that was one of the three best in the league, all of a sudden we're having mutinies happen? I don't think well, I, you know, the offseason say- all of a sudden you know made this offense you know so much more intricate and you know so much more difficult. I mean. Is this just well, a, you, a very it's definitely thing? changed a little bit because it changes every year as the terminology changes, new ideas come in, new, new idea, old ideas go out. I'm, I'm not saying that's entirely it, but I mean, you know, this is a losing culture now. We have to we have to accept that this team may not win any games because they haven't proven that they can. Um, and losing culture, you know, when you're winning, the things that bother you, you can live with. When you're losing, suddenly you can't live with anything. You know, everybody's got an opinion, and they're right. So, you know, these minor gripes may have carried over from last year. You don't know. I mean, I certainly don't. I'm going to defend this team a little bit. They definitely have the loser's loot stink on them right now. But, again, this is not the Browns. I mean, they have been. No, definitely not. Other other than that Dallas game, which you could even make an argument they were in that game, they had a chance to win every one of these games. You know, a a 61-yard field goal is missed. We're in overtime in Philly, who's now all of a sudden running away with the division. Uh, you know, field goal kicker for uh, Tampa Bay can't hit the side of a barn. He hits one at the last <laughs> second to win a game. Uh, you know, even this game, you know, we're down to our, you know, fifth wide receivers and tight ends playing out there. And it, it really comes down to one play where a fumble. Yeah. Know? So, it's again, I'm not, I'm not excusing 0-5. I'm not hiding from it. I'm not trying to make excuses. But, you know. They're more of a loser than a, a bad team. I mean, a, an atrocious yeah. team. And we've argued this on the podcast before that we both feel this is not a we need to burn down, you know, burn down the village and rebuild it type of thing. Yeah, definitely not. This is definitely a. I at, at this point with this team, it's plug and play. And I, I at this point do believe that Ben McAdoo still has a control of the team. But, you know, it's hanging by a thread, and that's only my, my understanding, my perception, and that's me trying to remain balanced and not fume out and just kind of go crazy. Um, but I do think that he has a level of control over most of the team, I think. Uh, and I, I, you can make the argument that by 
if if my assessment is correct in that he brought both Janoris Jenkins and Dominic Rogers Camardi into his office for a meeting, and one meeting went good and the other meeting went bad, that he's doing the right thing by punishing the guy. Because they're both stars. JJ definitely more than DRC, but they're both star power guys. And, you know, they both commanded pretty decent, pretty pretty large contracts. Yeah. So, you know, you could say that he handled them individually and did not make a broad sweeping thing there. That's definitely possible, and in which case he's laying down his authority rather than being a player's coach who's suddenly trying to crack down. You know, I'm not really sure. Again, these are all closed-door things, and it's only what we can guess, but those things are both equally possible. Yeah, the punishment itself doesn't bother me. It's like, you know, these type of things happen when you're losing, (laughs) like like you said earlier Mm -hmm. in your intro. I mean, you don't see teams that are, you know, forget teams that are 5-0. You don't see teams that are 6-2 all of us having these type of issues. You might see some of the Beckham type stuff of the nonsense, the extracurricular. Look at me; they're getting carried away with themselves. But you don't see, you know, people leaving the game early. You know, you don't see, you know, acts of insubordination. 